I think that's a conversation that the church could and should be having right now of like, what is worship? And then what, how do we facilitate that within a service? How do, how do we facilitate that within a congregation? And how do we facilitate that within individuals? Uh, I don't know. I have lots of big thoughts right now. Between the Grooves is hosted by James Curtis, music director and morning man in the greater Toronto area on Joy Radio. Hosts James Curtis talk to artists and industry insiders to discover the connection between music and faith. You can connect with the show at faithstrongtoday.com slash between the grooves or via Twitter at between grooves. Welcome to Between the Grooves, episode 215. It's your look at music, ministry, and everything in between with today's top Christian artists. And this week, a great chat with Chris Cron and Ben Thompson of All Creatures. These guys aren't new to the music industry. In fact, they've been artists in their own right for some time. A chance meeting, a collaboration, and the creation of All Creatures. We'll hear their story, see how they got their name, talk a little bit about their label, church culture, touring, live shows, and so much more. Let's get into our conversation with Chris and Ben from All Creatures. Nice to meet you, James. Nice to meet you as well. Um... Nice to meet uh, Neon Feather as well. Yeah, that's right. There you go. Wait, go, 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 get him. Go get him. Oh yeah, no, he's yeah, he's not here right now. He's this not is, here right uh, now. <laughs> this is Ben Thompson, the All Creatures Band member. Not, right. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, like Bruce Wayne. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, great to have you guys here. It's amazing through the magic of technology. We are in three different cities, and yes. three different studios in North America. I'm in Toronto. Uh, Chris. You're in Nashville, Ben. You're in North Carolina. I am. It is true. Entire state. Exactly. (laughs) It is truly. You'll you'll like this. It is truly wonder working. Wow. We are working wonders. I'm sorry. Technology. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that, guys. Your song "Wonder Working" is at the top of the charts. Go figure. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't. I don't know how, man. Have no words. Uh, completely unexpected yeah we i i purposefully went into this project with no expectations <laughs> um yeah. other than to have fun with ben and we did and then it just like i, I keep telling people i i don't know exactly how to connect to this because i'm sitting in my studio working on other people's tracks and then I get an email every Monday saying, hey, it's at number eight. It's at number five on the chart. Hey, it's at number one. It's been at number one for three weeks. Like, what, <laughs> what What? do I make of this? What is happening? <laughs> do I get a trophy? Like, what? <laughs> Well, no. You get the recognition. You get a lot of airplay. But, you know, a lot of people don't recognize all the work that has happened prior to this happening anyways. You know, when you hear yeah. of a new band or a new band has just started charting, or a band, I should say, not a new band, but a band has just started uh, charting. You don't, you don't know about all the work and the, and the sweat and the tears that have gone uh, before that. You just, you just know that you know, you're, you're starting to hear something what you consider to be new, um, and you think, wow, good for those guys. You know, good mm-hmm. for those guys just starting out. Well, you guys haven't just started out. You guys have been around for a while. Um, you're just starting to reap the rewards of all that hard work, I would imagine. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, there's probably the conception that it's like we woke up one day and was like, hey, man, like, 
maybe we should try this music thing and yeah. then just put out a song. <laughs> or that we were literally born yesterday yeah. <laughs> and then just happened to become adult yeah. males and <laughs> make music. <laughs> it's yeah, it's definitely a wild long ride. I I would say to some degree I've been to some level pursuing music professionally for coming up on 10 years now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it definitely is. And being somebody who has never lived in a music city or like I've never really had my finger on the pulse of, of the music industry. I've always been very much an outsider. It's been like a, just a, a, like just wandering in the dark. So that's part of the reason why it's taken me so many <laughs> years. Cause nobody's kind of like telling me where to go or what to do. But, um, I just keep walking through like the next open door, I guess. And, um, and I'm, I'm stoked about this open door with Chris. This is like about the <laughs> most fun I've had in a long time. So this is great. How about you, Chris? How long have you been doing the music thing? Oh, at the risk of um, giving my age away, uh, <laughs> professionally, almost 20 years. So yeah, I was two years old when I started. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, so a, a while, um, it started with a, a band in high school and then, um, we just did the whole, you know, club scene in Orange County, California, mm-hmm. uh, where I'm from. And, um, uh, we, we weren't a, a Christian band. It's just some friends from high school playing pop rock, all, uh, Weezer and Fountains of Wayne back in the day. Mm-hmm. And, um. Yeah, we we toured all over the U.S., did the Warp Tour in 2004, got signed to Warner Brothers at some point, uh, got big in Japan, and then I moved to Tennessee. <laughs> That's the very, very Cliff Notes version of it, but yeah, about <laughs> 20 years. We moved to Tennessee, and I quit music for a year, uh, cold turkey. I used to, or I still do now, but... Uh, uh, tap on things and I whistle and hum and just I'm always making music sometimes and you play the radio too so that's that's (laughs) exactly um and uh and I stopped doing all of that for a while it just because it's that's a a whole other conversation but it I had just kind of made music an idol for a while and needed to needed to cut it off so yeah but my wife encouraged me to um kind of lean into that season for a while and and then music came back through roundabout ways, and then I met Ben through a uh, contact from a guy at my church. I was trying to pitch a song to this artist, Jordan Feliz. Never heard of him. Um, yeah, never. <laughs> who? Who? Yeah. Uh, and his A&R was like, oh, yeah, the record's closed, but um, I've heard your name around town. I don't know where it's from. And I tried to come up with ways he might have heard my name, and... I sent him one of my own personal songs and he put two and two together and was like, whoa, you were in this band Melee, which was my old band, and I, which I thought was weird because the only people that n- knew my old band were 16-year-old Japanese girls and he was a <laughs> 61-year-old guy from Franklin, Tennessee. Right. Uh, so he, he ended up kind of putting me in the room with a few people and one of those people was Ben. And that's how you guys met for the first time. That's how we met for the first time. So, fir- first impressions. Oh, this guy uh, is that's tall. a good question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. I'm trying to remember. Because we met, what was it, like 2017? 
Yeah. Um, and we wrote that day, and that was a, I mean, that was a great song. It, it was a song that I put out as Neon Feather called Between You and Me. Mm-hmm. And um, ended up, I actually ended up, this kind of, I guess it's kind of tacky. I don't really know if it's lame or if it's cool, but I ended up playing that song at my wedding because uh, I sort of wrote it more or less about my relationship with my wife um, when we were dating. And so then we ended at in integrating that song into our first dance at our wedding. Um, but uh, some people thought it was a little indulgent. <laughs> some people thought it was cool or cute, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. It's on the it's on the fence. I don't yeah. know if you tell your if you tell your future wife I, I want to do this because I wrote it for you. Then it, it's it's touching, right? Exactly. There yeah. you go. That's what. Yeah, I as long as she liked it. Yeah. It's okay. not like I got royalties off of it or something. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> uh, but yes. So yeah, and then we didn't do anything after that song for a little while, and then Chris sent me, um, or somehow I heard like a, a project that Chris did with his church and I heard one of the songs on that called Safe and I just loved it and wanted to do a version of it um, and that's when we really realized that um, we had great creative chemistry There's and we started hanging here, out kid. yeah we started hanging out more and realized dude we're like we're like we really get along and we're really good friends <laughs> and it's just this refreshing sense of like neither one of us having any like motives or like I don't know pretense. just kind of yeah no pretense and just really honest and um it was yeah it just felt very uh safe I guess um, <laughs> <laughs> what you did there see that yeah yeah no you were, yeah it's just yeah it's great so it feels like a friend that I would have made like in high school and like same yeah but so. was it was it the sort of thing where you would collaborate together but wouldn't necessarily form a group together because here you've gone you know you've actually created this group called all creatures um mm-hmm. that's kind of the next step mm-hmm. the next step in the relationship how does that sound yeah right yeah DTR. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah it i think safe was really where we started to think maybe we should do more of this because it was veering away from like the purely electronic neon feather thing and doing safe kind of like already was a little bit of a deviation from what I would normally do as neon feather um and and likewise for me too it it felt like a genuine like meeting of our two different worlds Mm-hmm. And and a new sound, I suppose, too, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it just and felt like I didn't want to limit what we would naturally do together by, like, needing it to make sense under, like, a different banner. So we were just like, well, if we make this a separate thing, then we can kind of chase that rabbit and not worry about whether it makes sense under some other umbrella. Yeah. And And neither of us had really had intentions of becoming like the faces of a CCM project Mm -hmm. at that point. We were just, I was doing my thing, he was doing his thing. Um, and they were both sort of fringe Christian projects, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but neither of us had the intention of like, let's start a, a band that's going to 
rise up the charts in Christian radio. Um, we just started making stuff together and making stuff that felt natural and a really cool progression to see that kind of just turn into this thing. And and so then we, we had to come up with a name for it. And So did the, the name All Creatures come before or after uh, signing a deal with Dream Records? It was before, before. Dream, but definitely after much deliberation. Um, we were going to call ourselves Search Party. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm so glad we didn't use that because yeah. it just sounds like some lame 70s Christian band name. Right. <laughs> well, and, and if, you know, down the road, 20 years down the road, you could do a, where are they now? Well, let's send out a search party. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Man, man, it's, it's got longevity, oh, you, you know? It's yeah. Got, yeah, it does. It's it nothing else. It's got that. Yeah, it, yeah we just heard. bounced so many names around, dude. It was like, dude, I just didn't think we'd ever find one that felt right. It felt like it was always going to be arbitrary, you know? It's just like, well, mm-hmm. we have to pick something. So, you know, five guys it is, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah. But... I think it was, I honestly, Chris, I think you came up with all creatures. I think you mentioned it and it just was like, oh, oh. There it is. Yeah. Oh. You knew it right away? Like as soon yeah. as you yeah. heard the name was like, yeah, that's it. That's it. Oh man, yeah. it hit the spot. I think after you've heard like a hundred other band name ideas and then you hear <laughs> the right one, it just like jumps off the page. Right. I think we were also looking for something that kind of fit our ethos and our kind of what we're about and uh, I'm a fan of old hymns and so it obviously it comes from the all creatures of our God and King mm-hmm. hymn and um, but we both feel like we want to express to people that they are uniquely loved by God the way they are and that they don't have to conform to some um, preconceived idea of what a Christian is um, or what, you know, yeah, what a culture says they are, that they have been crafted to be exactly who they are by God. And so all creatures of our God and King is just seem to fit naturally with what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. We always wanted the name and kind of the overall banner of the project to not set us apart or above the audience or mm-hmm. the people who are coming along for the ride. Um, and that in some way, the band name would refer to the um, the community around the band as much as the people in the band. So, you know, that's yeah. why that's part of the reason why we were thinking of search party, because it's like, oh, come join the search party. Like we're all on the team. And mm-hmm. so all creatures kind of hit that note as well, where it's like, we we are we all are God's creation, so it's not just us. It's like the whole whole squad yeah. here. And it has some C.S. Lewis points in it too. So <laughs> <laughs> I do like uh, your comment about the fact that uh, I mean, what I'm hearing, anyways, when you think about church culture and you think about all inclusivity. A lot of times, you know, you have this perception of church being a club and either you're part of the club or you're not part of the club. And if you are part of the club, this mm-hmm. is the way you do life. Like this is this is the this is the cookie cutter cookie cutter approach on how we do things. You go to church, mm-hmm. you do this, you hang out with these friends, you 
you know, live this kind of lifestyle, which I think is is uh, being flushed down the toilet now with the whole pandemic and the way life has changed, you know, mm-hmm. online church and now getting back into church again. And that seems to be a little different and more more relational now between, you know, you've got the relationship with God, but also relationship relationships with other people that probably um, is a little different than it was before. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. Um, That's so true. I think it's I think it's a necessary change. I, I mean, um, yeah, uh, it's very much in Tennessee, at least, uh, feels like church can be a, a country club um, where a certain type of people get in and or 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 go. Um, and I, I just think, you know, Jesus challenged all of that when he when he came on the scene um eating and drinking with tax collectors and sinners and prostitutes and fishermen and the you know the the outsiders of the the community he he uh he welcomed them all in and it was the religious authorities the the whitewashed tombs if you want to say um that uh that he had a problem with yeah so Hmm. yeah and it's tough because you know it's um I think people, it's natural for us to want to um, simplify concepts and we want to um, distill truths down to uh, consistent prescriptions that we can kind of like rely on and not have to uh, have too many gray areas or questions. And and, Mm -hmm. the more things we can fit into boxes, um, the better. And, and so I, I empathize, sympathize with the heart. It's one of those things where like the desire is, okay, there are ways uh, of living that the Bible, obviously there's ways that life has been designed to go and that's mm-hmm. there's like just ways that we should interact with each other, ways we should lead ourselves, and postures that we should have our hearts in toward uh, toward our God and toward our life and our neighbors. And so it's just so easy to um, want to just you know brush away all the fog, clear out all the the cobwebs, and just make it this clear cut path. And then over generations, it becomes well, if you're if you're not living, you know, it just becomes this overly well worn path where there's just no, um, no room for deviation. Uh, yeah, and it's just yeah. no no flexibility. No, um, it. I think, like I I just would hate to throw the baby out with the bathwater, with the concept of there is a lot of good, and there's a lot of like right and wrong there you know like you just can't get around the fact that there is right and there is wrong in the world totally um so it's it's just tough that like it's an ongoing struggle that nobody's ever going to be able to write a book or like other than i guess the bible but (laughs) (laughs) but, but nobody's gonna like really be able to distill it down to like here's how to live rightly and also like just it's so nuanced and it's just um hard to not turn church into a club while also being like yes there there are right and wrongs in the world so part yeah. part of the club is the whole christianese you know experience if you want to call it that yeah. and and the problem i have with that is 
uh, without you know pointing any fingers and without generalizing too much, I find that you know a lot of times we as Christ followers tend to speak this different language and almost sound like, can I say, the religious leaders of Jesus' time, which which is yeah. pretty yeah. scary. You know, mm-hmm. because I then about what, that all the time. What about all the other people that we're trying to reach, and they're looking at us saying, you know, exactly what was said in Jesus' time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah, dude. Yeah the the in the in crowd lingo is um, it's such a hard thing to get away from because yeah. it's um, again it's like we all have shorthand for concepts that we've all sort of trying to think of a external example but we, we you know you say something and everyone kind of knows what you mean because we've all done the work to kind of like understand mm-hmm. what what that means but then we just start saying the thing and stop thinking about what the original meaning was and then yeah. you just start saying the phrase and then it just yeah yeah again it's just that attempt of humans to put things to organize things i guess to yeah. just want I, to yeah yeah i think it's interesting you know jesus made it i'm going to say this and then counteract myself for a second but uh jesus made it so easy to get into the club albeit it's a very hard thing to lay down your your own life to you know to like take up your cross daily to actually follow jesus it, he, he made it easy for us it wasn't easy for yeah, him. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> uh, uh he he made it he made it an easy entry point and we've built up all this stuff around it and mm. the the religious leaders of jesus's time did the same thing they had all these extra levitical laws that came uh i just said a big word uh, <laughs> that, that uh that grew up around the ten commandments and then jesus came on the scene and distilled it down to love the lord your god with all your heart soul mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself like he distilled it all down into that those two basic points mm-hmm. and said just just don't worry about the fluff around that like do that and you'll be you'll be good <laughs> yeah not that that's how we get into heaven or that that or that it's you know that's not salvation but that's what he meant by following him right it's it's the uh, you know overcomplication of other things beyond that that are yeah sometimes scary to to see and everybody of course is at a different level in their walk with god and so that makes it you know it is difficult i won't i you know i won't disqualify the fact that it is difficult for church leaders to um meet the needs of their of their group of people that they look after because everybody's mm-hmm. at a different level but i think you know at the same time the last year and a half almost 2 years has you know shown how important it is to you know have the relationship with the people uh because uh, a lot of this stuff has been happening online right or yeah. on the phone or on facetime or zoom or whatever else and yeah. i think that's uh, from what i've seen anyways from people i know uh, i know of people that have decided that you know what i really don't need to physically be in church much anymore mm. because i i don't need it right and yet yeah. and yet maybe they do 
they don't, just don't realize it or they're in that comfort level now because it's been long enough. You know, you do things a number of times and it gets to become habit. And so then it's difficult to get up a little earlier and, and head on off to church, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it depends on what your in-person church experience has been. You True. Know? Yeah. 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 Totally. Because um, if it's like, I think there's something about meeting in person that should be energizing and should be really edifying but if you're getting everything else at home which is great and you're getting fed you know spiritually and you're and you're being encouraged through worship and um and refocusing your personal kind of goals and mission for the week through just being reminded about some truths that morning so much of that scratches the itch just by going online that the roll of the dice of, of depending on what your in-person experience is or has been it's like man it's either really energizing or really draining to like um depending on the culture of of whatever people's church experience has been yeah. it's just hard to find that like authentic really building up um, mm-hmm. sharing each other's burdens kind of culture that we're called to have as a church yeah. community. I think we're at a really good, like, uh, a hard but good crossroads with the way we do church in the West. Um, it's a moment that we can reevaluate and really tune our church experience to be what it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe, like, look at all of the extra stuff that we've put along with it. It's all, all kind of goes back to that. Like what, what have we built up around this that doesn't need to be there? What is alienating people? What is um, actually hurting people? What is keeping people from experiencing God um, more fully? Uh, what are things that the church could be doing that it hasn't been doing for decades? Uh, you know, it's just, it opens that, that conversation up, which I think is good, but yeah. I think we just need to make changes now. And I think a lot of changes have been made, a lot of positive changes. Yeah, I was totally. at a conference a couple of years ago. This was, you know, pre-pandemic, and one of the questions that was being asked was, how long uh, does the Church of North America have to still be relevant? And my prediction on that was, I don't know, maybe five years, because I was thinking of a lot of churches out there that are, uh, and I'll put in quotes, old-fashioned. And what I mean by old-fashioned is this is the way we do church, and we've always done it this way, and we're not going to change. We're just going to continue yeah. doing it this way, right? And mm-hmm. and uh, and that's the reason why I predicted that, because I, I thought to myself, okay, what about the young people um, you know, that are just now starting to attend church or maybe considering attending church? And they look mm-hmm. at it and say, this is not relevant to the way I live life. And so I think in the last year and a half with the pandemic, it's forced churches to have an online option for people to participate in church and also to get the heck onto Facebook and Instagram and, and Twitter or whatever else where they never were before. You know, I'm, my brother's a pastor, so I hear from him. And one of the things he's mentioned to me in the past, how there's so many different modes of communication where some people are on Facebook, so they'll send him a note, you know, a message on Messenger uh, through Facebook to get a hold of them. Others might be on Twitter and they'll send them a DM. Other people might be on Instagram. Everybody's at a different level. Everybody's on a different platform. And so you have yeah. to, as a church, have the ability to adapt and to be able to meet the needs of the people on the, all these different levels. You can't just say, well, we're just on Facebook, 
right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, okay. Uh, I happen to be on Twitter, and so I guess my pastor doesn't care about me because I sent him a note and he never responds or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Some might be yeah. emails. Some might like phone calls, you know? Everybody's at a different level. So I think what the pandemic has done is forced churches to get on board specifically with technology that they should have years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, churches, yep. churches should... Um, open their own discord servers that I, I had never thought about that but like discord is such a community-based little like thing they should do i wonder if there's churches there that have opened up discord um servers maybe my my son is on my my son is 20 years old he's on discord he raves about it i'm not on discord um it's the best thing since sliced bread according to him um, <laughs> but you know it's the community that he's built or that he's you know participated in and you're right, it might be the option because that can be the the uh, foundation for all the other stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You could have really great small groups on there because you can do audio calls, but then also just have like mm-hmm. different little um, organized threads depending on like if there's lighthearted stuff or more serious stuff. You can have different kind of um, threads running simultaneously and then... And then maybe like do weekly um, audio calls on there. Man, yeah, there's yeah, there's something there. I think the, I think the in person thing has has got to continue though, because I do. Oh, for sure. I do think that we yeah, and I I feel like maybe church size needs to be looked at. <laughs> you know, like maybe churches don't need to be a thousand, two thousand, three thousand people. Maybe people would be better served if churches were smaller. Yeah. And I that's, think, too, I think, too, that, I mean, church, you know, that's a term that kind of um, means a lot of different things. And I would yeah. sooner be um, having coffee with you guys at a coffee shop talking yeah, than necessarily going to a Sunday morning service where I have to dress up and I sit in a pew or on a chair and I have to go through this. Uh, go through this. I mean, it sounds like punishment, but go, but, but go through this predetermined, here's what we're going to do for the next hour, hour and a half or whatever. We're going to do 20 minutes of praise and worship. Then we're going to have five minutes for announcements or video announcements or whatever. And then we're going to mm-hmm. have to do this. And then we're going to do this. And then we got the message that's going to be, you know, 35 minutes long. And that's our cookie cutter approach. And this is the way we do things here. Mm-hmm. I, I would sooner have coffee with you guys at the coffee shop than go mm-hmm. to that, you know? Yeah. I think, yeah, I, I agree. I totally agree. And I think this is a moment where we can take a bigger look at those, like, those words and what they mean. Like, what is worship? Yeah. Is it is worship really just this 20 minutes of music on a Sunday morning? If that's all it is, then I, I think we're probably missing it. Because, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, my I over the past several years, I've kind of, come to an understanding that worship is a life it's not it's not a it's not a song um Mm. and so i don't know i think that's a conversation that the church could and should be having right now of like what is worship and then what how do we facilitate that within a service how do how do we facilitate that within a congregation and how do we facilitate that within individuals uh i don't know I have lots of big thoughts right now. You know, you do, man. <laughs> how, how far off track are we from talking about 
all creatures, though. <laughs> Seriously, very, we are very far, but I don't mind. No, it's been, hey, we're, st- we're, stuck, we're we're still talking about all of all God's creatures, you know. Well, true. <laughs> That's true. That's right. See, this is bigger than than just the two guys in a band, right? Yes, That's exactly. Right. Exactly. But speaking of the two guys in a band, um, you guys signed with Dream Records, which. Uh, my impression is Dream is not an ordinary label. My impression is that it's more of a a la carte, um, you know, versus some of the this is the way we do things in, in Nashville. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, yeah. So I'm curious, um, first of all, what attracted you? Was that what attracted you to Dream Records? And I also wanted to find out from you guys what they do for you. What do you do yourself and what could they do? <laughs> okay. You know what I'm saying? Because because yeah, there's certain yeah. things that they could do it for you, but no, we we got it, and and so that you know if you're keeping costs down and and you want to do that yourself, great. That's that's the impression I get about Dream Records. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Okay. It yes. Is. Yeah. You are very uh, right. So Lance is kind of the dude at Dream. Um, he's the only person I have ever interacted with. Well, he's the big boss. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. pretty much it's pretty much him. We've um, tried to get him on the show, just so you know. And uh, this was right as the pandemic was starting, and I I think his wife was under the weather or sick or whatever, and she was home for a bit because she's his right hand man as well with his schedule mm-hmm. and stuff. And uh, it, it just never materialized. I would still love to get him on the show, just just so you know. But yeah, he is the the big wig. He is the you know He's the a top busy dog. Boy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He's he. I feel like he is. He is both the boss and the janitor. He's he is, <laughs> he is in the weeds. He he does. He really is crazy. I've yeah. He um. It's like the undercover boss, but like all the time. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um. He uh. Yeah. He, the hustle man. So I met him years ago. Um. He's always been a fan of what I do as Neon Feather, and he's always kind of been putting a bug in my ear for like, hey, we should do some stuff together sometime. Um, I But I was at Centricity for a long time as Neon Feather, and then now have since pivoted to a little bit more of a producer role with like artists, artistry as like a, an optional thing, you know? It's like, I'll do the artist thing as it like makes sense, but lifestyle wise I see myself as more of a producer writer um and so so pivoted to just a publishing thing with centricity and then on artist side it's just you know just me as a producer guy just kind of independent so that's when I was trying to figure out where I wanted a home for different projects which ones should be totally independent which ones need some support what kind of support do they need and um lance came back into my mind and um because i just knew that whatever we were to do with all creatures i wanted it to remain um pretty like non-exclusive i mean like all creatures being an exclusive deal with dream but my lifestyle being still kind of non-exclusive and letting all creatures mm-hmm. be one outlet among several. So dream was a great fit for that. Cause it's just a licensed thing. And it's, um, it's, it's not this over overarching, 
uh, situation. It's just a, a nice home for what we put out as all creatures. Um, and the radio piece is really great over there. You know, Lance does all that himself. So, um, so, so the emails yeah. I get are from him. Oh yeah, he Lance does all of his own radio promo. Okay, because I get regularly regular emails from Dream, particularly on a Friday. But you know, recently it's been the Dream <clears throat> Christmas album volume whatever. Six. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, that's him. Uh, when in doubt, it's probably if it's Dream, it's it's probably Lance. Um, yeah. He yeah, so he yeah, that's that's the great thing about them is um, the kind of built-in radio piece. It's just sort of that's that's their big um, machine that kind of drives their whole thing forward. So it, yeah. it was just a good place for distribution and for radio stuff. Yeah, it's been great for all creatures because we've wanted to. Re- retain as much of our um creative identity and and control over what we do and so to just kind of like like you said earlier kind of a la carte pick what we wanted out of a label or to be able to go to a label and say hey this is who we are this is what we're doing do you want to come alongside us and help um that's basically the relationship that we have with them um all the pieces that are missing from what we can do, like radio, like Ben said, um, marketing and distribution and all that are there and in place. But then, you know, we can, between the the two of us, we produce all of our, our own stuff. Uh, you know, our budget is basically $0 to make, to make records. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, we have no overhead, which has been a huge blessing. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been an awesome experience so far working with with Lance and Dream. One of your uh, bandmates, or I shouldn't say one of, because it's a group, <laughs> but uh, the boys from The Color, I don't know if you've ever yeah. had a chance to do anything with them, but um, I know those guys. Um, I had breakfast with them at a uh, music festival a few years back, and I asked them specifically. It was, this was just a you know off the record type conversation I had with them. It wasn't being recorded or anything. And <laughs> but now it is. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> but one of my questions, one of my questions to them at that time was, why don't you guys sign with a label? And their response was, well, the the problem they had with labels at that time was that they were a band. They were two full time guys in the band plus another couple of guys that would come around on tour and record with them but they weren't full-time employees of the band as it were but still there are costs the more people that are in a band and they basically said if if we were to sign with a label a regular label we we couldn't afford it like we'd be making less money because there would be so much a, a bigger percentage of the money going to the label for the services that they offer and so yeah. when I heard that they signed with Dream, I was thinking, what a perfect fit, right? Because mm-hmm. now they can do what they do well, and the stuff that they can do, but, I mean, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should be doing it, right? Mm-hmm. And for guys yeah. like that, they might just decide, you know what, we enjoy doing this part of the job, but it's labor-intensive, it takes a lot of time, so we're going to give that to Dream to do, right? Exactly. And, and yeah. we will focus on what we should be doing, right? So just because you can do it doesn't mean you should be doing it. And so they mm-hmm. recognize that and they, and they signed with Dream as you guys have done as well. So Yeah, the yeah. colored guys are awesome. I've, done, I've had the pleasure of doing a handful of remixes for them. Um, so we're, we're good buddies. We stay in touch pretty regularly. Um, and I'm, I was really happy to see that they paired up with Dream. 
Yeah. And Dream has grown too. Like if you look at their website, man, they've got a lot of people that have come on board because of that um, that kind of service that they offer where it, it can be very as much as you want them to do or as little as you want them to do. Yeah, that's but, uh, Lance's huge strength. It's yeah. so adaptive. Like the whole that's just how we do things phrase just it has never come out of his mouth really. It just yeah. – that's not a concept for him. He's super flexible, adaptive, and um, innovative with like how to bring value to a situation. Yeah, it almost caught me off guard the first time I talked to him when he said, "Well, what do you guys want out of this?" Yeah, right, right. <laughs> like, oh, we get we get a say. Yeah, <laughs> that's an interesting concept, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about uh, your music. I guess my my first question is going to be um, with the success of uh, Wonder Working. Uh, and of course, you've got a new Christmas song that's coming out as well. Are you guys going to be touring anytime soon? Or is this just kind of a basement studio? Let's come up with a bunch of music and, and see where it goes from there. So this is the conversation we've been having the past two weeks. Okay. Um, Again, with having no expectations, with um, other than having fun and putting out music that we love, and having a, you know, we have something we want to say, and definitely some ideas about that. But uh, it just kind of caught us off guard that it did so well, and now the conversation is, well, like, should we play some shows? Right? <laughs> do we need to? Do we need to get out there? And I, I think the answer is yes. Um, and talking to Ben, we've determine that yeah 2022 we need to get out there and and play uh not not just to like promote uh, i hate this is even going to come out of my mouth but promote our brand uh but um (laughs) (laughs) um but but that i think because we like genuinely believe in the stuff that we want to share it with people and we want to tell people and and talk to people about these ideas of faith that we have and and tell people about Jesus and tell people about the um the wonder working power of God. <laughs> and I think I think that um did you hear my cringe on that by the way? Yes, yeah, I did. Uh, I, yeah, I, I just, did that I, intentionally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I think in the back of my mind I I've always felt like all creatures needed some kind of a live show piece to the story it just um i we both kind of love playing shows we both have families so we're not trying to like make touring like our lifestyle per se um but i don't think either of us are like have ever like fully hung our hat up on like um like oh yeah we're done playing shows i know for me i i just love any chance i get to play shows um Mm -hmm. And I think some projects are a little bit more just consumption focused where like neon feather stuff, some of that might just be more suited for playlisting and more suited for Mm -hmm. people listening in their own lives, like working out or driving or at youth group, you know, playing over a youth group event or whatever. Um, But all creatures. Uh Uh-oh. We just lost him. We lost him. Okay. Well, we'll come back to that in a second. I can I can maybe finish his thought. Okay. So, can you can you at least sound like him? <laughs> um no, no, no I can't. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not going to I'm not going to try. Uh 
No, I I, th- I think with with all creatures is it's something that it needs to be live. We we both like believe in this enough that it's just a different beast live to perform a song. It comes across. It, I feel like it can come across more genuinely, and you share something when you're in a room with people that you don't share over the radio. Yeah. Um, I will say and that's that's exciting to me. I will say to his comment about you know touring in general and the fact that you have young families. I've chatted mm-hmm. with numerous artists over the last six months to a year, especially as the you know pandemic was happening and as the pandemic was was somewhat ending you know things opening up a bit more and touring starting to happen the comments i'm getting are the touring isn't as extensive as it previously was where you'd be on the road for you know two weeks or three weeks straight now it's more mm-hmm. of a i'm going to be gone for the next three days away from my family and then i'll be back and after that after those three days or four days i'm exhausted i need some downtime with my family Right. Yeah. Uh, And and that's the difference I've seen, the shift that I've seen over the last few months where you don't have these long tours where you're going to be away from your family for, you know, a very long length of time, which is which is great for you guys. It'll work perfect for, you know, next summer doing the festivals and and Mm -hmm. uh, and whatnot. Right. Yeah. And and uh, my my wife has a a gardening business and she's um, Ben, are you there? I'm back. Oh, Ben! Ben He's is back. back. Sorry, ben dude. Is back. I <laughs> I don't even honestly know how long has it been. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. Oh, it's like Chris, thirty Chris, seconds. Chris was impersonating you for a while there, so you're good, <laughs> <laughs> dude. Because I I have my phone facing screen down so that my microphone is um, pointing away from me so it doesn't clip, and. I just kept talking for a while. <laughs> I was like, man, no one's really responding. And That's right. That was a really good point. They didn't say anything about it. <laughs> and then I pulled my phone up and I was like, oh, icon screen on, like my home screen on my phone. And I was like, oh, what, what happened? Chris, Chris finished your back. thoughts, so you're good. Okay, I love yeah. it. Thank yeah. you. you were, Chris, you were about to start on a story about your wife? Oh, yeah. So we were talking about um, changing the touring thing from being gone for two to three weeks to where people just kind of go out for a few days and then they come back and spend time with their family. And I was about to tell them that, you know, my wife started a gardening business the past couple of years. And, uh, so every year now from spring through fall, she has a, a CSA, which if you don't know what CSA st- stands for, it's community supported agriculture. And so she fed 11 families this past year from all the stuff from the garden, either from direct produce or things she's made from produce out of wow. the garden. Uh, so every week, or every every other week, she's got a big like pickup where they all come and pick up all their stuff. And so she's busy harvesting and washing and making products and all that stuff. So so she would she will need me to be home for some of that. So with touring, if if we can figure out a way to kind of fit within that rhythm, yeah, um, that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. It, it'll work out because you're in the driver's seat, right? Yeah, yep. it's, it's not like you exactly. have a label breathing down your neck to say, you know, you've got to, you've got to do this, and yeah. you've got to perform here, and you've got this, and you're next, you're going to be, uh, you know, there for five days or whatever. I got to ask you guys, um, who's who's in charge of marketing in your in your duo? <laughs> I'm going uh, somewhere uh, with this. I'm going somewhere with this. No, okay. I mean. Uh-oh. 
as in you're going somewhere constructive. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, c- constructive criticism. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's all good stuff. Yeah. Um, Somebody was brilliant, and I want to give them the kudos. Oh, well, okay. you can go ahead and probably give it to Chris, because I'm hyper-focused on the music side, and I oh, was really happy Oh, I know to... where you're going. Okay, so... I know where you're going. I, well, maybe you do, maybe you don't. All of your song titles are in box brackets. Oh, okay, that's... Oh, that's actually that's, me. That was you? That was ben. Okay, so what, what made you do that? Dude, it's just... So as I, w- I was just getting ready to say that I'm hyper-focused on the music side... Um, and that's why it's great to be with Chris, because left to my own devices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just it's great to be with somebody who just like is terrible music. Right. Um, I understand. Yeah. No, but no, I just left to my own devices. I just don't get outside of my little cave. Like I'm way more interested in telling the next story and like writing a great song and just finding that new style, that new sound that's going to really connect with people and, like, inspire people. And that's really what gets me up in the morning. Um, and But the the one marketing piece that sort of bleeds out of that is I'm all about building a world, and I love kind of, um, in be, like, integrating the whole experience maybe carving mm-hmm. out and some maybe it's a little bit of an enneagram 4 thing but like i just want my music to in some small way kind of be in its own little bubble and in the deluge of spotify and whatever you use to listen to music you see these brackets and it takes you away out of the monotony and into this little pocket of a world that there's some intentionality there's some, and it's sort of like when i watch a movie or i listen to an album or something and i can see the little choices that were made it makes me trust the big choices like you can tell there's an, a level uh-huh. of intention yeah and they didn't phone it in and you can tell whoever made this really thought about everything and i and so yeah. that little bracket thing just has a certain personality to it it does that, for sure that um almost recontextualizes the title itself um i think wonder working was a great first introduction of the concept because it almost stood alone because it, it's almost like an under construction <laughs> sign it, it's like saying in brackets like wonder working like you know Taking under progress, construction. yeah yeah well, that's even it's deeper like, than i thought yeah yeah and so i think on some level it's almost surprising that oh they're they're actually gonna keep doing they're gonna keep doing that that wasn't just that song oh, but uh, and i hope you do now you do realize the other benefit to doing that right uh search engine optimization it's if if you do a search uh, if you do an alphabetical search it shows up first Oh, oh, I didn't think about that. And, and that brilliant. is just and that is just brilliant. I just like any t- and I know that because uh, in the software that I use to program music for the radio station, I've put the brackets in there, and every time I do an alpha uh, sort, your songs always come up at the top. And I'm thinking Amazing. that is just brilliant because it puts it right <laughs> forefront for you. And, and I'm sure it's the same for anybody else that's, you know, on Spotify or whatever else. If you search for a style of music or an artist or, or whatever, what's what's, you know, playing on the charts right now, whatever, you know, list you're looking at. That's so interesting. Alphabetically, well it's showing done, right at the top. Ben. So, yeah. 
I did well it. Done. I there did you go. it, guys. There you go. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna look at a playlist that we're on and see if I sort alphabetically if that's what happens. Okay, you do that, and while you're doing that, Chris, what did you think I was gonna bring up as far as marketing? Oh, I thought you were gonna talk about me saying we'll play for poutine. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I was gonna I was gonna mention that. So just just so so everybody understands. So just so everybody understands what you're talking about, recently um, Wonderworking was number one on the countdown on Joy Radio in Toronto, the radio station that I'm the music director Woo-hoo! at, and also the morning show host. And Thank uh, you. of course, the post was done on social media. Uh, you guys uh, put it up on your story, and you basically said you would play for free for Poutine. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Just hold us just to, to it. Yeah, so, so obviously, exactly. obviously, poutine has got a big reputation worldwide for you know what we uh-huh. offer here in Canada, right? It's going to be a lot of poutine to get us to come up to Canada. Oh, okay. <laughs> so now we're talking quantity of poutine as well. I thought oh, it was just yeah. one we serving. Don't pl- we don't play for under uh, under ten servings of uh, poutine, <laughs> right? That's got to be healthy, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, back to the uh, brackets thing real quick, Ben. I was going to say the only downside to it is that Alexa thinks we're saying, or, or she can't pronounce it. She just oh. says, here, she says, here's by all creatures. So, <laughs> oh, no. That, oh, didn't even think of that's, that. That's on, yeah, that's on both songs. So, here's by all creatures. All of our songs is called are called here's. <laughs> Here's awkward silence by all creatures. Yeah. Yeah. So somebody ne- needs to correct that algorithm or whatever yep. they look at. You know, there must be something in the code that that tells them when you see those brackets, it's not meant to be said. She's just having an aneurysm for a second. <laughs> right. she's, Here's uh, all creatures. <laughs> Wonder if the pause is longer the longer the song title. <laughs> oh, there you go. I mean, uh, the night the sky joined in is long enough to to run that test. That's yeah, for sure. There you go. I'll try. I'll try that against Wonderworking too. Yeah, never never thought of that. But uh, yeah, so there's there's pros and cons. But I like it because it kind of. Set your mark. Um, it's unique to you guys. Um, I don't see necessarily a lot of people mimic, mimicking it. Um, Good. Because I think, well, I, I think it's your it's your little unique thing, right? Mm-hmm. These are so. our brackets. Get away from our brackets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, maybe they'll use different kinds of brackets or quotes or whatever else, right? So That's right. You can have, you can have the frilly brackets. We want this. Is that what one. they call those, the frilly brackets? <laughs> That's what I call them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that yeah I think that's that's the Oxford uh, official. <laughs> the official Oxford Dictionary uh, yeah. title for it. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, listen, guys, I appreciate your time. It's been, uh, it's a, been a real pleasure to chat. Likewise. Um, Thanks, James. Thanks, have a good man. one, guys. Yeah, you, All right, too. You, you too. Take care. All right. Talk soon. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Chris Cron and Ben Thompson from All Creatures. You can uh, find them on Facebook and Instagram and keep an eye out for their Christmas single, The Night the Sky Joined In. It's time now for some artist advice. We check back with Mac Brock, who was our first guest on the show for 2021. Um, apart from what we've talked about already, about prepare, know your stuff, plan, all that stuff, I think the biggest thing that I try to tell worship leaders is to really really get involved and, and love the people that are serving on your team. I think it gets easy for us uh, in church ministry to, to focus on people as the roles that they fill. And you tend to like 
see people as just like, what can you do for the worship team? You're a guitarist. Okay, I just see you as the guitarist. And and I just try to encourage people, like, really, like, invest in your team, build a community of people, and, like, love on them, and, and create and build something that's beyond what's happening just, you know, on the weekends or at church service. Love the people serving on your team. Invest in them. Build a community. Wise words from Mac Brock. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Between the Grooves. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so we can let you know as soon as new episodes drop. And if you could leave us a quick review on Apple Podcasts, that will help us reach more people. We're on Facebook and Twitter at Between Grooves. We'll see you next time. Between the Grooves.